What's going on, guys? It's John Singh with the Grounded for Greatness podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today, we got a real treat for you. We got a special guest. Uh, Joey Smith is here today. World title holder, power lifter, dad, husband, and I would even say entrepreneur because I know you got your hands on a couple things, Joey. Yep. Um, let's hop right into it, man. I, you know, I can, I can break it down, uh, cause I personally know you and, and your accolades and stuff, but I want to hear it right, right from the horse's mouth, man. And don't be humble. Let us know who you are and what you've done. Some of the things you've accomplished, man. So we're going to just, we're going to talk about powerlifting on, on that end. I've been competing for 28 years. Um, I've owned my own personal training facility here in McDowell County, Nebo Barbell, which is a private facility that we have here. Mm -hmm. I've had it for 23 years. Um, we have produced top power lifters, male and female, out of Nebo Barbell for 23 straight years. Um, currently, we've got 27 pro totals total at, for lifters that train at my facility. And we have currently on our roster right now nine lifters that are ranked in the top 20 in the world right now, currently. Yeah. yeah. Male and female. Yeah. So my wife being one of them. Yeah. So not not only doing it yourself, but building yeah. building a team that's doing it as well. Yeah. I've been coaching now for 23 years. I take as much pride as coaching. Just like yourself, you built your brand, you built your business, you you know, you you were shoveling and doing all the the hard fucking work to establish it. But now you want to teach people, I yep. would assume, to be able to be as competent as you are because you're only as great as the crew that surrounds you. 100%. Grant Cardone always says you're only as good as a team. Yep. And I've got a great team. Um, I've got several people that's moved to this to this area just to train at our facility who now have children in the schools in this community that work in the community that have bought houses in the community just to train at our gym. And the reason it's such a big deal is because we are the only private powerlifting training facility in Western North Carolina. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and been here for, yes. for 23 years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So very established for yep. you. Um, so, you know, where, where did this all start at? You know, cause you didn't, you didn't start with the team, right? You started, no. started doing this yourself. Well, it's a funny story and I've told it several times and it's as true as it gets. My dad started, uh, getting me into lifting weights when I was probably about 11 or 12, all right. but not for this reason. Um, unlike some of the kids nowadays, we had to work when we were growing up. That's right. <laughs> My dad wanted me to be stronger and be able to help more doing shit, you know, work strong. I thought it was just, you know, to look good or to be cool <laughs> or do sports. That's not, I didn't have nothing to do with it. Dad wanted me to work around the property and around the house with him. Mm -hmm. So he bought me some old Sears Roebuck concrete plastic plates to start with on the porch. I didn't know what I was doing, but I loved it. We've all had those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would break and crack, and I'd duct tape them back That's together. <laughs> and uh, so I got started doing that, and then I started lifting weights in junior high, you know, through sports and football and in high school. And um, I actually started training with some local guys that you probably know, uh, Greg Conley, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Boo Owensby. Uh, Mark Tate, I started training with them when I was probably about 16 years old. Okay. That was at the old Focus on Fitness years and years ago. And they were all established big-time lifter guys, you know, not really powerlifting, but lifting-wise. Yeah, yeah. Did they compete? Mark 
and Greg both competed in bench only things like that. Greg more into bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but the funny thing was, is when I started trying to train with them, they would not let me train with them. Mm-hmm. I loaded plates. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do things like a little gopher running around in there. I wasn't. You were the hand. I was the hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just I, I needed a way in. Right. So I was willing to swallow my pride because I was young and ambitious and wanted to learn. Yep. And these were the biggest fucking guys in McDowell County at the time, and that's who I wanted to train with because they were big for some goddamn reason. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, as time went on, they started allowing me to do things with them. Because they would not let me actually train with them. So when they would leave, I would write down in my little notebook what they did, and then I would try to emulate that on my own. Right. So as time went on, a couple of years would go on, I, I actually was getting a little bit better at it, and they actually started letting me lift with them. And I would go to uh, bodybuilding shows and powerlifting events with them. They were unsanctioned powerlifting events, but we would go like to – the National Guard Armory in Asheville and yep. Hickory and yep. shit like that. Some some cowboy meets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People drinking beer and having yeah. a good yeah. time. <laughs> um, but it was just a cool environment. And I was like, man, I want to do this. And, and, and a good entry level. Somewhere you yeah. wet too. Yeah. Yeah. So my, uh, my first meet that I ever did was I was 20 years old. And I thought that I was, you know, ready. So Mark and Greg and Boo took me to this meet in, in Asheville. And it was a bench only. And. I think I was, I think I benched like 405. It was just a bench only meet at At 20. At 20, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I won, but, you know, it wasn't like a real meet, you know, it was, but I thought I was big shit. For sure. Kind of went to my head a little bit. (laughs) Um, I also started training with somebody you may have went to school with. I'm, I'm not sure. Dwayne Ledford played in, played in the NFL. I think he's a coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So Dwayne and I started training together too. So he was kind of my somebody closer to my age. Mm-hmm. And before he went off to college, we were training pretty heavy together. We got some pictures of us in the newspaper training together and stuff like that. And um, that was cool to train with him and watch him, you know, rise up through the ranks and make it to the NFL. I actually went to several games of his to watch him play. But anyways, back to the powerlifting side of it. I was competing probably four or five times a year mm-hmm. from about 20 to 23. Mm-hmm. I was going to every bench meet that there was in Western North Carolina just to get some experience. Right. I was yeah. young and dumb, didn't know what I was doing. So I was at this meet, and I was probably about 25. I was in Winston-Salem, and this guy comes up to me, and I, I – as a matter of fact, I would benched about 480 at that meet. I was probably about 230 body weight. Mm-hmm. And this guy had come up to me, and I knew who he was. His name was Travis Mash. And Travis was a superstar powerlifter in North Carolina. So it's kind of one of these deals. He was walking up to me, and, you're, and I'm kind of starstruck because I see him walking up to me. And he starts talking to me, and I didn't hear a goddamn word he said because yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Travis Mash is talking to me. Yeah, yeah. And um, the only thing that I did hear was, who do you train with? And I said, well, I live in Nebo. He's like, where the fuck is Nebo? Which sure. I'm going to explain that yeah. one. <laughs> <clears throat> and I told him, and then he said, man, he said, you're a pretty strong young guy. You should come train with us. So I was like, where do I go? Mm-hmm. He said, well... We're training down here in uh, in uh, 
Clemens down close to Winston. And I was like, I'm there. So I'm driving to Clemens mm. probably about twice a week during that time period, training with this group of guys that were all top bill guys. In, in perspective, how far is that from here where you live? Uh, I'd say about an hour and a half. Mm. And uh, I trained with them for, for a while. And um, I was learning all kinds of shit. And I got introduced to what's called multiply lifting. Mm. Multiply is where you wear uh, protective gear. And I'd never seen this before. And uh, they started teaching me how to do it. And after about a year of training, they was like, let's get you in a meet. Mm -hmm. So in my first bench meet in gear, I benched uh, 650 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I was 27 or 28 at that time. With, which, the, with the gear. With right? the gear. Mm -hmm. I was already a 500-plus raw bencher, mm -hmm. you know, People in our sport don't think that uh, the raw guys, they don't think us gear guys are strong raw, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. But anyways, I I'm building up to this situation. Yeah, um, yeah. you're good. <clears throat> so the location where we were training at had changed and, and ended up going to uh, Mount Airy, mm -hmm. which is over two hour drive from yeah, here. It's a hike. I trained in Mount Airy for three years two to three times a week, mm -hmm. two hours one way, mm -hmm. two hours back, four to five hour training sessions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a lot of fucking time. Full day. Ten yeah. Day. A lot of fucking time, but I was willing to make this sacrifice because I was training with top guys from Virginia, Kentucky, and North Carolina that were all sponsored big time lifters. Mm -hmm. So was that at 25, as they said? No, I was, I was probably hitting 30 at this time. I was close to 30. And, um, I decided, you know, it's time to start making a name for myself and because I'm training with all these top guys and they're sponsored. They're getting a lot of looks. They're getting a lot of attention. Now, back in these days, we only had Powerlifting USA and some bullshit MySpace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media wasn't on the level it was now to promote yourself. Super hard to build that personal brand, right? So, yeah. So, you didn't know what people were doing in the country until Powerlifting USA came out monthly to see what people were doing. That's right. And uh, so I went to my second meet, and at my second bench-only meet in Multiply, I benched 700 pounds. Mm. Now, you got to understand, that's still a big lift, but at 30 years old, I was nobody. It was the biggest bench press in this area ever. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, with the little bit of media and Internet there was, Joey Smith became sort of a name out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So here I am. Well, we say out of nowhere, but you've already put 10 fucking years. Yeah, right, but, right? you know, people don't but, ever but, but, look but, at the time and now, effort. Even nowadays with social media where everything can be instantly blasted. You yeah. Know, people say, you know, overnight success all the time. Well, dude, I put in 40 fucking years before this. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, if you want to get brass tacks about it, it's really 20 years yeah. because I started training at right. 12, you know, 11, right, 12 years right. old almost. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's that iceberg, right? Yeah. You, you, you only see the tip of it, but all... You don't see the bottom of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I do this, it, it catapults me into a different direction. And the guys that I'm training with... Four of them are sponsored with the biggest company in powerlifting called Elite FTS. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not going to lie, because I was training with them, because I was with them, and because of what I was doing, it allowed me to get a look Oh yeah, from the company. 100%, yeah. Um, because 
nobody was doing what I was doing at the time. So I go and do my third meet. You know, you can do one thing one time and it's an accident. But if you do it again, mm-hmm. it's not an accident anymore. Maybe this is actually legit. So my third meet, I've been 705. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, okay, this dude might be the real deal. So I got a look from a lead. I went through a, a litany of interviews, phone, uh, emails, all kinds of shit. Went through this pool of people, and I got selected. So once this happens, now I'm really, you know. Yeah. You get sponsored with Elite FTS. That is like being with Gatorade or Nike and mm. a big major sport. Yeah, yeah, if you're in the NFL or something. Yeah. Yes, you know, if you're not in our sport, you wouldn't know that. Like if you were a bass fisherman and sponsored by some fucking yeah, I don't even fishing pole company. I don't know who the, yeah, you exactly. know what I'm saying. Yeah, perfect <laughs> analogy. <laughs> but Elite FTS, if anybody's you know, and when people watch this, if they go to the website, it's a one stop shop for everything to do with lifting. Period. Mm-hmm. Apparel, equipment. Yeah. They make equipment for D1 colleges, um, NFL. They do a lot of installs, which I'll get up to that here in a little while too. But I know that's a very long explanation, but no, I started with concrete weights. Mm-hmm. I started training with local guys. I get seen at a meet by somebody that I knew from a magazine Yeah, that gave me an opportunity that didn't have to. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask me for any money. They didn't ask me to do anything for them. They just said, if you're willing to drive, you've got talent. Let's see what you can do with it in this environment. Mm-hmm. So that's the 30 foot, 30,000 foot view of, yes. of, of the career, basically, you know, yeah. which is, which is still going on, right? Yes. You're still competing. How still old are you right now? 48. Yeah. So, so even 18 years after, you know, this overnight success, yep. you're still grinding it out. Not only you, but the team as well. Team as well. And that's more important to me at this point. Yeah. I, my team. Knowing you personally, I've never had a conversation with you without you pulling yourself out of the conversation yeah. and, and putting the team first, yep. uh, which is extremely admirable. You know? Yeah. I, honestly, John, I really don't talk about my success unless somebody asks Yeah, because yeah. I, I'm not worried about my accolades anymore as much as I am about my teams. Yeah. Which is super cool, man, because, you know, I know that you and I have had the conversation before too, of like all these fucking online coaches, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like you can't take advice from someone who hasn't had boots on the ground, who hasn't mm. made those achievements. You know what I mean? So it's cool to see you having made the achievements, put the fucking work in and now passing it along to somebody else, yeah. you know? And, and, and it's not that like these online coaches that are passing it along to people and don't even have any success story. Like you've got an amazing success story with your team and what they're doing. You right. know? So, you know, let's we got the 30,000 foot view but let's yep. kind of break it down a little okay. bit you know so a couple of things i heard you know real quick like you're you're driving 10 out you're you're driving there working out for 4 to 5 hours driving back home so you got 10 hours yeah just in training 3 to 4 days a week yeah so how are you how do you keep going how do you where are you getting the money and everything for this how do you, how are you are you working through the day beside those t- 10 hours or cuz you know those first 15 years you know, you're not making no money, right? You right. might make a little bit here and there on on comps, but that's it, right? Yep. So when this started, I just recently got married, and um, I just recently had my my daughter, Caitlin, mm-hmm. and um, that made it tough. 
Oh yeah. Being the being a father and yeah, that's a whole another thing. That's a whole another thing. But I was I was an electrician down in Morganton at a plant called Rexnord Corporation at the time. Mm -hmm. That's where I was working. And when I was doing this this training, it was primarily Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it during the week because of my job requirements you still and stuff had to like that. Put you forty hours in. Yep. So the reason I ask that, and I ask all the guests that, you know, because there's tons of folks that say, "Well, if I had a different opportunity, I could have done the same thing." Right. Well, we're all given the same fucking opportunity. Yeah. yeah some people may have a little bit better, you know, circumstances you and shit. It. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many folks that have had to grind, have had to put in so many hours of training before they even get to a point where, hey, man, I'm starting to make a little money back off of this. And you have to keep yourself going that entire way, right? Yep. Like just it's just like anything else. You know, you've got a household to upkeep, you've got a kid now to upkeep, yep. and you're still doing it, you're still striving, you're still going to work and making all the time to to work out and to train and to continue progressing in that. Yep. So, you know, I, I like to ask all my guests that because it just shows like, dude, you know, you you, you can do it. Yeah, there was a lot going on during that time. You were giving your weekends up, too. Yes. You know, I mean, that's the thing, man. And I know somebody's going to sit here and listen to this and think, man, that dude was taking time away from his family. Mm -hmm. To a degree, I was. Yeah. I was. Um, there were times that I would take Caitlin with me mm -hmm. just to go up there. Yeah, man. Um, and there was a lot of sacrifice, and there was a lot of things going on that um, that made it very hard. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody can understand the will and the drive and the perseverance that you have in somebody that's shaped like myself and you except us. Mm -hmm. And when you're driven to a degree that we are, and I like to say that we both are, even though it's in different facets of life, it's right. still the same fucking drive. 100%, yeah. There is nothing that's going to derail me from what I'm trying to achieve. Right. And I will figure out how to make this shit work. Yeah, get beside me or get the fuck out of the yep. way. Yeah. And, and it's the same with me, man. You know, like my, my boys are three, you know, and, you know, I, people constantly fucking talking shit on my social media, you know, cause I'm working 16 to 20 hour days, yep. six or seven days a week. And they're like, dude, you got to make time for your camp, your kids and your family, you know, like, well, dude, they're going to be with me when I'm doing shit, Yep. you know, or there's the first couple of years of their life. They're not going to remember it. Plus dude, your kids don't want to be up your fucking ass all day long. No. You know, people, People use that excuse. They get to say that to you to make themselves feel better about sitting at home for eight hours. Yep. You know, but dude, your kids, especially at a young age, they don't want to be up your ass all day. You know, you're right. They want to spend a little bit of time with you for sure. You know, but dude, they get tired. Just like, you know, you get tired of them. You but those people don't see that, there. that other time that you're putting in with those kids. You know, I, yeah. I, I see when you were, you know, I follow you very tightly. So it always makes me smile and laugh when I see your kids and they're in the, now, excuse me, because I don't know your terminology and shit yeah, out here, yeah. but, you know, you're in a dozer or you're in equipment and they're oh, yeah. riding with you and doing shit. Yeah, man. Sure. You're out racing your motorcycles and you're traveling and they're with you. Mm -hmm. You know, that time matters, too. Yeah. And, and you're finding a way to make that happen and make them a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's going to that's going to ingrain on them in time because I fully feel that children, especially at a young age, they're a sponge. Mm -hmm. And if you have lazy, undriven pieces of shit parents unfortunately mm -hmm. that's what the kids probably are going to be they they become that for they sure. become that yeah, they they become who it's just like everyone you know you're the sum of your five friends right you're, yep. you're going to become whoever you're hanging out with you got them right and and i mean dude my kids love racing already you know what i mean yeah well, both of them and you know they love going out and riding in the dozer you know what i mean yep. building tracks and shit you know they love that shit you know and if i didn't do that stuff 
they probably wouldn't give a fuck about that. No, nope. you know. Um, so you know that you can use the excuse of, man, you know, I got to work and I don't have the opportunity here, or I got to spend time with my family. But just like you, just like me, just like all these guests that I'm going to have on here that are super successful, they're all going to tell you the same thing, man. Yep. You know, people can always make time to do shit that they want to do. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's making time for the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. I heard of, I heard of, uh, I'm not sure if it was Mike Tyson or somebody had said this quote one time, you got to make the shit that you hate to do the most important thing to love to do mm-hmm. because that's how you become successful. Yeah. So part of that being not that you don't love to work and not that I don't like to train, but the things that you hate is the sacrifices that you have to give up at times for that. But in the long run, the imprint that it lays on those children, like my daughter, mm-hmm. Melissa's sitting here, my wife, she understands how important Caitlin is to me. Caitlin is absolutely the most fucking driven. Now, if my daughter was a piece of shit, I'd sit here and be honest yeah, with you. I would. I know you would. I would. I know. My daughter is the smartest person that I've ever met in my life. She was ranked number one her entire high school career. Mm-hmm. She graduated at the top of her class in college. She's always been a great athlete. Um, she actually she actually competed in powerlifting uh, four meets. In her first meet, she broke 18 teenage world records in her first meet that That's she ever did. Man. Yeah, so, I mean, I got to share that time with her. But I'd, I would like to think – that just like one day you will look back on your sons on something like this and think that I had something to do with laying an imprint on her on how to be driven, how to be successful, how to do what it takes to be successful. And I've watched her and I haven't had to lay a hammer down on her. She has watched me for years and she didn't have to follow my footprint, not in lifting, but just in general trying to be successful. And I want her to be better than me yeah, yeah, and achieve more than I ever have. Well, it's, you know, you build a character right? yes. you know, and, and you see someone's character and you're going to just take those traits just yeah. from being around it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not something that you have to pound into somebody's head. Mm-hmm. I never had to. Mm-hmm. All throughout high school and junior high, Melissa, I'll tell you, I never, ever, ever, ever had to ride Caitlin about anything. Yeah. And, and people, she just do it. You know, people don't even realize it, but, you know, things that you're saying throughout the day and they're overhearing them and stuff, you know, it's, that's almost like preaching directly to them. It and, is. And I think it's even in a better way, right? Because if you're, if you're preaching to me, I kind of, I'm just going to check the fuck out and listen, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Actions but speak it, more than words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They get to see it. Don't tell yep. me, show me. Yeah. My daughter's been on the front page of our newspaper in this community for sports, academics, and now her current position of what she does. Mm-hmm. And I had nothing to do with any of that, you know, putting her in there. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. just recognition that yeah. she has for her achievements. So I'm very proud of her. Yeah, man, for sure. Yep. It's definitely something to hang your hat on. Well, you know, you th- this career is, you know, expanded over, what, 30, 40 years now? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's got to be days that you wake up in the morning and you're like, fuck, man, I'm hurting. I know you just competed with a fucking broken arm you know what i mean like fucking insane man yeah so there's days that you don't want to get up and do this shit i'm sure you know what what is it that that keeps you driven to do that you know to to, because you can't take days off man you know it's it's well i'm gonna be honest with you john that day hasn't happened yeah i have never woke up and said i don't want to do this right Mm -hmm. now or i can't do this right now Mm -hmm. or i want to take the day off Mm -hmm. that's that hasn't happened to me. And when that happens, that's when I need to be done. Yeah. Um, 
Because with what I do, if I have if I have any feelings like that, I'm going to get hurt. Oh, I'm yeah. going to get killed. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm talking about in lifting, not in working yeah, in yeah, life. Yeah. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. with what I do with lifting. Yeah. <clears throat> my drive is as much now at my advanced age, because don't get it twisted, at 48, I am a very old man in a young man's sport. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And I've been at the top for a long time. And when you're at the top, like you're ascending right now, you are. I don't know where you're at, you know, in the community for your business and stuff, but I'd say that you, you're continually ascending. But let me tell you this. When you get to the top, you want to fucking stay there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you don't care what you have to do to stay there, whose head you got to step on, mm-hmm. who you've got to piss off, you know, what relationships that you may have to cut off mm-hmm. because your goal is to be the best. Mm-hmm. That's why you do what you do. Yeah. That's why I do what I do. Um, second and third is just the second and third loser. That's right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to be number one and I've always driven to be that way. And even at my advanced age right now, I still want to be the best mm-hmm. at what I'm doing. And, you know, does it get harder with age and surgeries and injuries and shit like that? Man, I never used to believe those guys, man. Goddamn, when you get yeah. 40, dude, shit changes. Yeah, it does. Your body changes, your recovery changes, you know, shit just starts bearing down on you. You know, when you're getting cortisone shots, like I'm, I've got an appointment this week to get them in my elbows. Yeah. You know, it's, I've had probably 15 in each shoulder. Mm. I've had, I've got four titanium screws in this knee. I've tore this bicep. I've tore this pec. I've ripped shit off. But the end goal is still the same. I got to get better. I got to get healed up. Mm. I've still got unfinished business to do. Yeah, that's, that's you know, maybe we're fucking broken or geared differently. You know what I mean? Because just from, like, from race, I've finished races with broken bones. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, I don't know what it is, like, what's fucked up in our head, but what keeps us pushing forward because you love it yeah you love it Mm -hmm. people can't understand when somebody says to me man and this really pisses me off when i hear this man that's a cool hobby oh yeah yeah (laughs) collecting fucking stamps is a hobby that's right collecting fucking stamps is a hobby what i do and what you do is a way of life every day of what i do is predicated Mm -hmm. And what I'm doing throughout the week with training mm-hmm. every day. Yeah, I mean it's an absolute lifestyle, right? Like, yeah, it's a lifestyle. Everything, especially what with what you do, your body is your machine or your yeah. tool. You know, so everything that you do, it you have to take care of that. You yep. know, so eating right, sleeping mm. right, training right. You know, healing your body back after yeah. you know insane amounts of grueling punishment to it. You know. Yep. Uh, so it's nonstop, man. I mean, it's 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 something that you have to be top of mind. I mean, you just came back from what? What did you break your ankle or leg or some shit? Both fucking ankles. Yeah. yeah. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got pins and plates and everything in them. You know, what I mean, but fuck it, dude. That's part of it. You know, it's a part of it. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned earlier uh, that you know you were you were you know traveling doing the ten hour days and everything, and then finally got recognized with Elite FTS. You know, yep. That transition after you got recognized, <clears throat> were you able to like, okay, I can Mm-mm. I can slow down a little bit now. I'm it got worse. Yeah, it got worse. So when I got on with Elite FTS, when I became fully sponsored with them, mm-hmm. I was still training up in Mount Airy. Mm-hmm. 
because I didn't feel take this however. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> when I was training there, there was a totem pole of guys. Mm hmm. And I felt like during my time there, I needed to beat this guy. Yeah. You got I need to beat this guy. You can't I need to beat this guy. Keep moving up. I hadn't beat the top guy yet. Mm -hmm. And he was my bench coach. I didn't feel like I was ready to take on the world, so to speak, because he was the man that I looked up to. Chris was a fucking animal. He had the biggest bench press in North Carolina history for quite some time. Mm -hmm. He was an 800-pound bench presser. So one day in the gym, I said, this is going to be the day. I'm driving up to Mount Airy. I knew what we were doing. I said, I'm going to beat Chris today. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to fucking beat Chris today. And in this group of guys and women, it was an extraordinarily competitive environment. Mm -hmm. We were all friends, but nobody wanted to fucking lose to anybody. And the intensity in there was very high. It, a lot of people wouldn't made it in that in that environment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> so long story short, I beat Chris that night and I hope he watches this one day. For sure. We'll tag him in it. <laughs> <laughs> and when I did, I stood up from the bench and I've got this video on YouTube. I said, this is my goddamn gym now. Yeah. Yeah. This is my house. This is my house. <laughs> <laughs> I felt more vindicated taking him down, even though it wasn't at a meet, it was in training. Mm hmm than getting that elite FTS sponsorship because he was the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I did go on to beat his records, but... Which was... What was that? Go ahead and share it with us. Um, I, well, I benched over 800 several times, but I bent, when I benched 805 mm -hmm. my first time, that's when I took him down because he was 800. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. I benched 805 at 260 pounds. He benched 800 at 350 pounds. Which is a huge difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference. And people can look this up on powerlifting.com. Uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's there to see the record. So, you know, I, anything that I'm telling people, they can look it up and see it themselves. Now, to the guys who talk shit about gear and stuff, you, you also have a pretty uh, ridiculous raw lift. Yes. Right? So when I got sponsored with Elite FTS, there was more, you know, MySpace and forums mm -hmm. that were existing at the time. There wasn't, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all that shit. So forums, people could just talk shit all the time and okay. be uh, yeah. trolls. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you never would know who it was. And so there were several big powerlifting forums that were going on during that time that, you know, who's this fucking redneck nobody that Elite sponsored? He don't deserve, you know. And I'm not going to lie, I got pulled into it. Yeah, yeah, you I would, did. Sometimes you get down a rabbit hole, you know. I was, <laughs> I was young, and, you know, the Internet's still this thing. Yeah. You know, it's not what it is now. Yeah. And, you know, people are just constantly talking shit about me. So my dumb ass gets on there and starts running my mouth to them, posting as myself. Right, right. Well, that opened me up to a ton of, ton of problems. Mm -hmm. So the owner of Elite FDS, Dave, he, he calls me up one day and he's like, Joey, he said, look, man, he said, you're the hottest head person that I have on this team. You have got to chill out and quit worrying about what these people are saying about you. Just go out there and do your thing. Yeah. You don't have to prove shit to nobody. Mm -hmm. You proved yourself to me. That's why you're with this company. Yeah. That helped. But I also felt like, well, the big guy's watching me. I need to chill the fuck out. Mm -hmm, right. he, he understands who I am. And uh, the thing was, because gear during that time was um, a big, big thing. 
and a lot of raw people fucking hated gear and they still do and you know they're purists and you know these fucking gear guys they can't squat they can't bench they can't deadlift well so you're, I, you're doing the same motion yeah the gear is just to protect yourself yes. right so i messaged dave one day and i said look man i'm gonna do something different and he said what's that I said, I'm going to do my first full power raw meet. And uh, he paused for a second. He said, why in the hell would you do that? You're one of the top benchers in the nation right now in multiply. Why would you do that? And, and looking at that from like a sponsor, they're, yeah. they're probably thinking, shit, I don't want them to get hurt. You know, well, and, and see, and then I'm when you're with Elite FTS, the company that makes the gear is metal. They're based out of Finland. And they're a big time multiply. So when you're with Elite, you wear metal gear and that's fucking it. Right. Okay. Right. So there was a lot of people that were, and Dave told me, he said, Joey, this is, this is a, either going to be the best idea or the worst fucking thing for you because you know, if this doesn't go well, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. You're putting yourself in a different genre that you've never competed in. <clears throat> and this could go horribly bad. And I said, well, how about this? I'm going to total a pro total in my first raw meet. Mm -hmm. He said, well, let's see it. So in my first, and I've only done four because I just did them just to do them. Right. But in my first one, I squatted 700, benched 530, and pulled 615. Mm -hmm. I totaled 1860 or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. That was a pro total in my yeah. first meet. So I messaged him and said, this is what I've done. And he said, good for you. You're going to piss even more people yeah, off. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did because yeah. these people that were hating on this old country redneck mm -hmm. that should not be there mm -hmm. proved himself once again in something else. In a completely different realm. In a completely different realm. I completely stepped out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be like you doing something different with motocross of some kind. I'm yeah. sure there's different there classes is. and shit yeah. like that that you yeah. that you don't do. Mm -hmm. Different CC motorcycles mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck. Yep. And I was pretty confident about this, but I was worried too. I was like, I got to make this shit happen because there's going to be a lot of people watching. Right. So three months later, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this again because I don't want it to look like an accident. So by doing this, I went to the United States Nationals. Mm -hmm. I put myself on the biggest stage I could. Well, guess what? There's 15 people in my weight class, and they were all there to beat me. Yeah. Yeah, you had the target. I did. They wanted to prove that I didn't belong, mm -hmm. and I shouldn't be there. Yeah, you came to their house. Well, I fucking won. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, I only won by five pounds at the end of the meet. I squatted 750. Mm -hmm. I benched 510 and pulled... 610 or some shit like that. Yeah, but a win's a win. A win's a win. And, and you're in their house the, doing yeah. their shit. Now, let me tell you something. I talked a much fucking shit at that meet. Oh, yeah. Because, but at the end of the day, John, the cool thing was the guys that were there to beat me and put me in my place, they shook my hand and gave me respect that day and said, man, you're legit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, what else can he do? You know, yeah. go dick my, kick my dick in my own house. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it was cool. It was one, actually one of my best victories, wins. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to win the Nationals seven years straight. Mm -hmm. So by saying that, I won the Nationals seven years straight, and people can look this up. I won full power raw, full power multiply, bench only multiply, Bench only raw. 
I've done it in four different ways in seven years and one seven year strike. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Not only have you done it with the, with the different facets, but for seven fucking years, seven years. So that's just a testament to, Hey, I never let my foot off the fuel for Mm-mm. seven years. You know, During those years, John, I'm telling you I, the hunger and desire that I had, mm-hmm. I didn't have a team yet. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing right, that right, yet. Right. I was, there was a lot of guys that are still training with me. We were training together. I needed spotters and help and yeah, shit yeah. like you, that. You were a team member. You yeah, had, we had was, but I wasn't the coach. Yeah. We wasn't, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I only gave a fuck about myself mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. because I wanted to win. Mm-hmm. And I was only focused on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it opened a lot of great doors for me. And it did. It, it, it put me in a, in a classification that I look back on that I'm proud of of what I did. But there was a lot of people along the way, just like with you, I'm sure, that helped me get to this point. It wasn't just all me. Yeah, yeah. I could I could give you a litany of individuals that helped me get there with training, advice. Somebody needed to tell me something I needed to hear. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be told something you don't want to hear yep. that you need to hear. Yep. And a lot of people did that for me. That was outside of this community that were big, big time in the sport that helped me. That was something I had wrote down earlier when you very first started with these guys here in Nebo, you know, mm-hmm. that you linked up with. You know, what if you never made that connection? You know, what if they never let you in? What if you never got with Elite? You know, what if you, there wasn't this guy at the top that you had to be? Yeah. You know, so getting a mentor early on, you know, is extremely important too, I think. Yes. At, you know, having that person to, to be around, yep. you know what I mean? And and watch what they're doing and learn from them and having people that are going to push you. Yep. You know what I mean? That's extremely important, I think, on anyone who's grinding for greatness. You I've know? learned a lot in life and you probably have too. Sometimes the the biggest or the strongest is not necessarily the best yeah. person to coach people. Yeah, yeah. You know, was, a, a lot of those guys have a coach. No. You know? You know, I've always looked back at, you know, we'll say Larry Bird or Isaiah Thomas or Magic Johnson, the best basketball players that ever played, but they were terrible fucking coaches in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. I didn't want to be that. Mm -hmm. So I was learning from some of the best coaches in the game on how to coach and how to teach people. And I established my own brand and my own training style throughout the years. I take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this. And I would actually, in the very beginning, and my guys hated me for it, they were my test dummies mm-hmm. to try things yeah. and to see if the shit would work or yeah. not. Yeah. And, you know. After, well, at this level, it's kind of a fucking science experience. Really. It is. I mean. It, We've got it coined now. I mean, it's yeah, figured yeah. out now. That's it's proven. That's yeah, proven. it's proven now. Yeah. You know, because we train a completely different way than a lot of other powerlifting gyms. We have... We don't call it some cute name or have some fancy yeah. phrase for it. Yeah. And people have told me for years, I said, Joey, you need to do online training to teach people this. And I said, no, I'm a grassroots coach. Mm-hmm. I need to know when you and your wife are fighting. Mm-hmm. I need to know when you have a bad day at work, yeah. when you're sick. I need to know you when I can put my thumb on you and push you. Yeah. You know, I need to know you as an individual. Yeah, and, and I know that you and your team are, are like a solid family, man. Oh, you're damn I, right. I, I can see on your social media that yep. you guys spend every holiday mm-hmm. together. You're always going and doing things together. Yep. So that's that's a testament, too, of like how close you are with them, yes. folks. Because, you know, going back to your body being what your tool is, you know, it's it's all driven by your brain. Yep. You know? So if you've got – this is a very mental game that you're doing. Yes, you know? sir. 
And if your head's in a different place, you know, we just talked about last week, you know, Tom Brady always says, be where your feet are, you know? Yep. And a lot of stuff like what, what we do, if you're not present where you have boots on the ground, you can get killed in a second. Right. You know? Uh, and yeah, when I watch your videos, you up in a fucking tree, camera and shit, yeah. that makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, but um, you know, just like what you guys are doing, you know, if you're not, if you're not there and you're not, you don't have your mind in it, man. Like, yep. you guys can get hurt, or you're not gonna, you're not gonna keep pushing to the next level. If you're well, you're right, it, you know. But the thing with my team, John, and I would say, just like with your workers, your job is to coach them up and to teach them. So when the time comes, they're confident it's there and they're not second guessing themselves. Yeah. And then you have to give them the belief that you believe that they can do that. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, the, still that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that that's going on. I never make any of my lifters do anything that I don't think that they're capable of. Right. Right. Sometimes they may not see it mm -hmm. down the road, mm -hmm. but we're building to this moment. Yeah. So <clears throat> take my wife who's sitting here right now. Melissa did her first meet. And she squatted 105 pounds. She weighed 105 pounds, too. Yeah. She only benched the bar. Pound for pound, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she only benched the bar at that meet. And I think she missed it on her first two attempts. You get three attempts on each lift. Mm -hmm. Now, Melissa at the last meet at the world championship she just went to just squatted 524. And that was just a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, at 141 pounds. Yeah. At 48 years old. Yeah. Benched 292 and pulled whatever, 350 or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I've known this woman since I was 11 years old. She doesn't have an athletic bone in her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like Shelly, you know, is like my sister. Mm -hmm. Shelly. Just a couple weeks ago, she squatted six seventy two. Yeah, six seventy two. Female, female seventy two squat. She's what forty six, forty seven years old. Shelly, hey, give me that that number. But I've known the, I've known these women my entire life, and to see where they are now, it's even unbelievable to me. Yeah, but I also like to sit back and think. That's some pretty good coaching for sure, man. For you know. Do you think that you instilled the confidence in them before oh, yeah. they had it? Yes. So that's another thing that I had wrote down earlier. You know, people that are going to listen to this podcast and they're and they're going to think the same thing with every guest I have on here. They're going to think, man, that's a cocky motherfucker. That's an arrogant motherfucker. You know, they confuse that with confidence. Hundred percent. It's confidence. It's confidence. Know? That's that's very very easily mistaken. Those lines are very blurred. Blurred. And people think, well, he's cocky or whatever, because that's what they that's what they hear. All well, the time. when you're not a confidence person, that's what you think it is. Yeah. Exactly. And. Everybody that I have on here that has made it to some level of success, like you don't do that with a lack of confidence. Fuck no. You know before you do it yes. that you're going to be able to do it. Yep. You know? Just like you said earlier, you, that was a perfect analogy of when you went in the gym and you said, I'm, I'm taking this home today. Yep. You knew walking in there, mm -hmm. you were taking it home. Now, if you went in there and was like, man, I'm fucking hurt and I'm tired. We've been working all week. I slept like shit last <laughs> night. I don't know, you know, if I can at least get what Actually, probably some of those things were going on. Yeah. Still oh, in my yeah. head, I was convinced I'd made that decision three or four days earlier. Yeah. yeah. I'm tired of fucking him beating me. For sure. So it's it's the it's the confidence of, of hey, I can do this. I'm going to do it. Yep. I don't give a fuck what it takes. No. You have to have that, man, if you want to get to that next plateau, if you want yep. to get to that next level and you want to keep pushing, you know. And that's the good thing about you, man, is you're instilling that. You're you're pushing these guys outside of their boundaries. Yes. But you're instilling that confidence at every level, you know. So they know going there, hey, I can do this, you know. So to see their family members, you know, like Melissa's children 
or Shelly's husband mm-hmm. watched what their wife or their mom is now doing. It's mind-boggling to them. But they don't see all this work and this effort, just like you behind the scenes. You're out. I, I see your Snapchats. It's like 4 o'clock in the fucking morning, and you're on the interstate doing your thing. Yeah. You know, and then 16 hours later, it's 2 a.m., and you're driving back. Mm-hmm. I, I understand what's going on. I may not be a part of what's going on, right, right. but you're doing the things that's making you become the best. Again, you're, you are continually ascending to wherever you're trying to get. Yeah. And, and that's what it takes. Exactly. That's what was going to be my point is, you know, people see what you let them see. Yeah. And, and, Dude, we don't have time to show them fucking everything, right? Like no. If someone would have to follow me around with a camera all day, every day to see actually what it takes. That'd be a full-time job for him. He's got a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to he's, be that fucking person. He's got a family. He didn't leave here till fucking 9 o'clock last night. I mean, he's, he fucking grinds just as hard as we do. Man. Right. You know? And it's... Yeah, I mean it's and it's just to show like a fraction of what it takes. Yeah, and he's doing a fantastic job. I think yeah, all the shit that it. y'all are doing are, are, is great. Yeah, he kills it. And the and you know, I, I couldn't build the brand. I couldn't show what I'm doing. Yeah. I couldn't continue progressing without having right. And again, it just goes back to dude. You're only as good as your team. You get out damn right. Nobody has made any greatness by themselves. No, you know? no. You, you can go back in history and try to put your finger on someone, but you, you when you find that person, you're going to see that there was something that pushed them, right. someone there pushing them. Yes. You know? And again, it just goes back to you're the sum of your five friends. You're going to become who you're around, you know? Yep. And you said earlier, you know, there's some folks that you, you, you need that person that's going to tell you something that you needed to hear. And at first you may think, fuck us, dude, you know? But you might have needed to hear that, man, you know, and you might need to take a second, dude, and think about it. And, you know, sometimes you need your feelings hurt. Yeah, absolutely. You need your ego put in check. And it sucks a little bit at first, you know, but if you're if you're smart and you hold yourself accountable, you'll think that motherfucker was right. Yeah. Now, there's going to be people that talk shit no matter what, you know, and, and you can't listen to what everybody says. But if they're doing more than you and they've tried to put your ego in check, you should probably listen to that. Yeah. You know, well, most of those other people are always a fucking Monday morning quarterback. They're an expert. 100% for sure. (laughs) And I hate that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to tell me a fucking thing if you ain't at at least attempting to. Yeah. You know, yeah. Everyone wants to give free advice, man. Uh, next thing I had here, Joey is, is how long do you see yourself doing this? Cause you're still competing now, right? Yes. And, and you're going to continue to compete as long as you can, I think, you know, well, <clears throat> that's a hard answer to give because I know that's why it's written down. <laughs> <clears throat> My daughter's asked me that several times. Nobody in the gym has asked me that because I train just as hard now as I did. Oh yeah when I was younger, um, you have to lead by example. Mm-hmm. How can I tell people or coach people or ask people mm-hmm. to do something when I'm not doing it? I'm not leading by example. So, um, I, I competed last year. I won the United States nationals last year. I benched eight ten um, at a meet. I missed the all time world record of, 860 on my third attempt by like two inches. <laughs> but I was okay. It was all right. But you had also just come back from that injury. That, I just your, your came back from my arm being broke. Yeah, yeah I'd fell at the ha- at my dad's house. Um, it was piss pouring raining outside, and 
the basement was flooding and we were trying to get the sump pump working and I was running up and down steps, fell on the gravel about 10 feet down. And I laid there for about 30 minutes, just crying. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was in so much fucking pain, Yeah, but I didn't know what had happened. Right. You know, right. your adrenaline's you pumping pain, yeah. and I had to get up and we had to get this water done. Um, but anyways, we, I'll talk about that briefly. We went to, I was comp- training for this meet and uh, it was a full power meet, meaning I squat, I bench, I deadlift, yep. but I'm in gear for this meet. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the training cycle, I didn't bench at all mm-hmm. because my arm was in so – and I didn't get it looked at. You never had it checked out. You never had it checked out. I'm, I'm your typical male. You know, yeah. fuck it, it'll be all right. Yeah. It is what it is. But squat was going fine. Deadlift was going fine. We went to this meet. And uh, I say I was 46 years old, so that's two years ago. Mm-hmm. I squatted 930 at that meet, um, and we got to the bench. And so in our sport, it's – I like to call it playing chess. Yeah. Okay, instead of checkers. So I did what's called a um, – help me out, Melissa – a token bench. Mm-hmm. On my first lift, I only benched 135. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that is because I knew my arm was fucked up. I didn't know what was wrong, but I needed to hold that squat. Yeah, yeah. So if I don't finish the meet, if I bomb out, yeah. that squat doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just had to get something on the board. I had to get something on the board. So I took a token lift and everybody, there's uh, there's a ton of fucking people were in uh, Tennessee at a huge meet. We were actually at the Flex Lewis bodybuilding classic there Mm -hmm. we have flex lewis i actually got to meet him twice he came and took pictures with our team i've got pictures with him at that meet but anyways he actually watched me squat 9 30 which is fucking dope yeah that is cool as shit so after the squat um i don't know what was going on with me i was in a lot of pain before the token bench and Melissa looks back on it and says I was having a panic attack, which I've never had a panic attack, but I was having a panic attack. And um, so we took the uh, opening token bench. So then I said, let's take 600. And uh, I couldn't lock it out. Yeah. Because my fucking arm was killing me. But that, again, that's the first time. My training cycles are 12 or 14 weeks long, but I didn't bench at all. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't lock it out. And I was just pissed and I was you know, just aggravated and yeah. embarrassed, you know, because I'm an 800 pound plus bencher. Right. Right. Now. Nobody at this meet, I didn't make any excuses going in. I didn't tell I didn't say nothing about it because no. I didn't want that going on. So all these guys at the meet are like, what the fuck is wrong with Joey? Mm-hmm. Why did he take 135 and how did he not lock out 600? Mm-hmm. So I'm back there in the back. Melissa's back there. My daughter's back there. My team's back there. You know, I'm aggravated as fuck. I'm yelling at everybody. <laughs> I said, what do you want to do? I said, well, let's just take it again. I got it. I barely got it, Mm -hmm. but I fucking got it. Went on to deadlift, and I actually hit a – I had a PR squat. You understand PR, Yeah, 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 personal record. Not a PR bench, but I had a PR deadlift, Mm -hmm. and I actually beat my best total by five pounds, right, at that meet. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I was happy. We got finished. I was in the emergency room the next day. (laughs) You knew then. Something was wrong. I was extraordinarily dehydrated. They gave me two bags right out the gate. Mm. I kept telling them about my arm. Is the the dehydration because you were going to compete? Were you – or you – did you cut weight for – No, I didn't cut weight. It was just – it was my fault. It was something that I was neglecting, mm-hmm. um, keeping myself properly hydrated, which is very, very Jeez. important. Which what you're doing. And I didn't, and I blame myself, but I end, we end up in the emergency room. So we go get an x-ray, and then we go get a scan and all this shit, and they're like, I didn't mention anything about me competing because I hate talking about that right, shit. Right, 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 yeah. And they're like, Mr. Smith, your arm is fractured the bone is fractured from here all the way down to your wrist. Basically from your elbow to your wrist. Yes, completely fractured. Not this way, yeah. down it. Yeah. And I was like, well, that would be a good damn reason why my fucking arm's hurting. Yeah. And they said, well, what did you do? I said, well, I just competed this weekend. I said, competed. And I said, it's a, a powerlifting meet. Of course, how much did you lift? Yeah, yeah. And then I told them. They said, the doctor looked at me and he said, you bench 600 pounds with this arm like this? I said, dude, if I'd have got that 600 on that second attempt, yeah, I would have took 700 right, for my right. third. And he said, if you would have, your arm would have shattered. Obliterated. So that's the story for that. That's a true 100% story that I was lifting with a complete fractured fucking broken arm. Yeah. yeah. And made it through by the skin of my teeth and had my best meet ever. Yeah. Fucking crazy. crazy. Right? Crazy. So where we were heading with that was, you know – if if you were on track though, you'd 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 still be progressing with weight. You know? Yes, you'd, you'd still be beating mm. every PR that you had before. Yes. You know? um, so since then, have you kind of scaled back? So, <clears throat> I know I, I I haven't seen you putting in as much. You know, because you always put your team first. Yep. But I, what I can say is I've seen the team uh, in, in the last year or so as is just on oh, fire. Yeah. You know, they are. Is it you think that's because you spent more time with them than no. yourself? No, I'm still training just as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually competed at the Worlds with my team, mm-hmm. and I made a post about it. I actually um, I let my ego get in the way. You know, sometimes you or I, mm-hmm. we need we need somebody to put us in check. But who is that for you? And who is that for me? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? We're the yeah. We're we're the leader of our groups, of yeah. our team, of our business, of yeah. our brand. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't have that person. Mm-hmm. It's me, mm-hmm. and I made a bad decision. And that's the hardest person to keep. It is right. You know, to keep yourself accountable. You know. So I went to the worlds, and uh, I opened with 905 on the bench press, mm-hmm. and uh, I missed it barely barely missed it but i mentally was not there well that goes back to you talking about being a chess game yep right yep a lot of this is mental and it's very strategical i I let my ego get in the way because there was there were some guys there that were you know some big big hitters Mm -hmm. if i coulda woulda shoulda yeah i could have won that meet Mm mm-hmm but I didn't. Um, but sometimes, and hang with me on this, sometimes you need to lose to win. I'm with you. I got. I know exactly what you're saying. Me doing what happened was probably the best thing that's happened to me in a while mm-hmm. because it has p- 
put me back in a mindset that I needed to be in. A lot of that fire back up. Mm, because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm still – I needed to be put in check, and it wasn't an individual. It was my performance that did it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was fucking humiliating. It pissed me off. It, made, it was embarrassing. I was – yeah. Yeah, I get it, dude, for sure, man. It you can't win them all. Yeah. You know, I, and yeah. I get that. I've done over 70 meets in my life. Yeah. And I've only bombed in five meets. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one one thing that I always say, I don't necessarily say it on social media a lot of times, but, you know, my guys around me and stuff know I say it a lot, man. It's, it's really easy to be the rock star in a small group, you know. True that. And when you are that rock star in that small group, it's easy to kind of get into cruise control, you know. Yep. And – you know, there's a couple ways to overcome that. It's either go get a bigger fucking group, go get in a group where you're really uncomfortable, where you're the small guy again, yep. or go go get kicked in the dick. I got okay. kicked in the dick. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I needed. And sometimes that's what it takes, man. It is. You know, sometimes it takes that gut check, you know, of, hey, dude, maybe I've been fucking slacking a little bit. Not saying that. You yeah. Because yeah. I know you put in the fucking work, you know, but I find myself all the time, man. You know, I, I you know, I'm thinking, hell yeah, I'm killing it, man. Then all of a sudden it's like motherfucker dude you know i yeah. might get around somebody else i'm like dude i'm not doing shit you know what i mean or i might take an l you know yeah I'm like dude I, it's business like i said some, because i've been slacking you sometimes know? you need an l to get a w that's right i mean it's, it's it's just it's for real for people like yourself and myself we don't have that person to put us in check it's a, mm-hmm. it's ourselves mm-hmm. and i think a loss for you just like for me is going to put me where I need to be oh, yeah. at and get me back tunnel vision and focused on what I need to do. And, you know, I think that we see it as that, right? Yeah. And, but there's a lot of folks who, who take an L and dude, will go a completely yeah. different direction. You know, uh, we recently had someone working for us that was really great at a lot of things that they did, but the minute that they started to suck at it or they, they got to a certain plateau, they went off a different path. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and dude, sometimes, you, you know, you gotta have, you gotta be able to, you know, Mike Tyson says that everyone's got plans to get hit in the chin. Well, dude, sometimes yeah. you gotta get a lot of hits in the chin. Yeah. You know what I mean, and you keep moving forward, you know, you think yep. that the first time you got hit in the chin, he fucking put his gloves up. Hell no. You know what I'm saying? And if you want to be a Mike Tyson, dude, you gotta be willing to get hit in the chin a lot. You got that right. So what's your, what's your strategy moving forward, man? Like, are you going to, are you going to just keep on grinding with the, with it now? Not only are you building Joey Smith, you know, you're building the team. Like, yep. are, are you, do those two things continue to run parallel? Over the last few years, I've taken an intentional backseat mm-hmm. um, f- for my team because look, if I retired tomorrow, I would not feel like or look back with any regrets. I don't think you could. No, I, I, I'm i pretty happy with my career mm-hmm. and my achievements. By the way, I was inducted into the North Carolina Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, let's ago. talk about that, man. I yeah. forgot about that, dude. Fucking so impressive. Yeah, but I, I took a back seat intentionally because I want to put as much effort into them succeeding and them tasting what I have tasted, mm-hmm. um, continual success mm-hmm. and watching them progress. It's like, you know, sometimes there's those parents that try to live vicariously through their children yeah. of what they didn't achieve. Right. But it's the opposite for me. I have achieved it, but I'm still living vicariously through them because I take more enjoyment out of their success than mine now mm-hmm. because I've, I'm not saying, 
that I've, I've achieved enough. Or there are a couple of uh, bucket list things that I would like to do. Mm-hmm. If I do, great. If I don't, it does not dictate who I am and what I've done. Right, right. <clears throat> but I, I, I really, really, really enjoy it. Now, my boys are going to get pissed about this, but that's okay. We are a female-dominated gym. Mm-hmm. Our girls carry our gym. Mm-hmm. They do not fuck around. And that's not to take anything away from the dudes because you still you still got some very yes yes there you know, uh, but the girls are killing it. In, sure. in this sport, just like with any sport, you know, basketball, whatever, you know, I've seen where the WNBA girls are you know raising hell that they want to get paid mm-hmm. somewhat not oh, yeah, what yeah. the NBA but right right they want to get paid you know decent better in our sport. Female power lifters have always uh, gotten the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. They don't get the notarized. They don't get respected. Mm-hmm. They don't get the same kind of trophies, the right. same kind of money, you know, shit like that. And it's bothered me. I spoke about this deeply in, in other podcasts. And um, we're in a federation now that's here in North Carolina that really, really promotes the women. Mm-hmm. Um they get treated equally. Mm-hmm. And when we started going to this federation, I don't think that anybody in this federation had ever seen a group of women like ours yeah. come in and absolutely fucking dominate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 maybe one thing to have show up with one, but yeah, we're four or five deep. Yeah. And they're all winning. And ten times out of ten to this point. One of my women or multiple women have won Best Lifter Awards, championship belts. Yeah. So at this past meet at the Worlds, we had three of our four girls win championship belts. Mm -hmm. Now, out of 30 women, Melissa, 30 women at this meet, it's not like there was just two or three. Right. Out of 30 women, three of four, all four of my girls won their respective divisions. Mm -hmm. But we had three best overall championship belt winners. Yeah. That's a big fucking deal. Our right. girls do not fuck around. They're very serious. Yeah. They're extraordinarily competitive. Mm-hmm. If I could have a gym full of women, I would. They're very dedicated. We don't have a hen's nest in there to where, you know, they're all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, don't they're, get it twisted. They're, they're, they're competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not stabbing each other in the right. back and talking shit and being right. bitches to one another. Right. Um, we just took in a new female here recently, and hopefully she'll integrate into the pack. And I already warned her. I said, look. Yeah, you don't fuck around. These girls are serious. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about all world and nationally ranked lifters right here. Yeah. These at, are not just some buddies. At that level, you know, you got to be careful with who you're bringing into the yeah. environment, you know. And we're very selective about who we bring in. I mean, it's probably been it's probably been five or six years since we brought a new guy into our gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This shit's just not for everybody. It, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just not. And it takes a different sort of dedication. Yeah. Um, and we have an older gym. I would say 80% of our gym is over the age of 40. Mm-hmm. And that just puts other things in perspective. Mm-hmm. These people have jobs, responsibility, children, families, right. sports, shit going on. Mm-hmm. How do they make time for that? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they're fucking dedicated to yeah. their craft. Yeah, and that's what it takes. Yeah, they're able to manage mm-hmm. these things and make this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of our girls drive from, uh, well, one of our girls drives an hour and 20 minutes Yeah, one way, and she's been training with us for four years. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it, man? Another one of our females drive an hour 
mm-hmm. and she's been with us seven years. Yeah, yeah. So, are you are you looking to take on more folks that were that would be willing to come and train with you? I am. I, I'm always looking, mm-hmm. but with what we have and what this is, mm-hmm. people like that. They like that public gym. They like those mirrors. Right, right. But not someone who's wanting to set a world record, right? And no, I mean. To set a world I get what you're, I know exactly. What they're, they're, look, I don't give a. It's all about vanity. You know? I, yeah, we don't have mirrors in our gym for one thing. Yeah. But <clears throat> I don't give a damn. Like this new girl, she's never competed mm-hmm. that we have right now. Um, she is green as green can be. But I would rather have an individual like that that doesn't have bad habits. Right. Right. That's been coached shitty. Yep. That's set in their own ways. Mm-hmm. So when they come to us, that's all they know now. I think that's what any coach or boss man wants, right? Like, yeah. They, they don't want someone who's, you know, maybe has 30 years experience, but the wrong experience. Yeah. You know? They're and, and, you know, I don't want a maid lifter in our gym. Yeah. Yeah. And it some, won't work. Sometimes that's okay if they have an open mindset. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, but a lot of folks, man, when they've they've been through it for a while, they they're just kind of stuck in that mindset. And I've well, gotten this far on my own. I don't need this. Well, dude, you didn't come talk to me if yeah. you were content with where you were at. Yeah, you know what I mean, I would love to have some young athletes, some new blood. But this day's generation that we have, mm-hmm. that's it's just they're just not built for it. Yeah, I, I'm not being. I'm just saying what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I get it. I mean, you got to find that person that's already. Look, everybody in this town knows who we are, mm-hmm. who I am, mm-hmm. good or bad. Yeah. If you want to get fucking strong, you come train at RG. Of course, for sure. You know, if you want to go to the Y mm-hmm. and be content with that type of situation, that's great. But yeah. if you want to be strong, mm-hmm. if you want to compete. Set world records. Set maybe. world records. <laughs> you come see me. You know, we're the no fuck around group. Yeah. Um, I, you, I, I would love to have some new blood and you're not going to do that without the right coach. Like you, exactly. you're not going to even, even yourself, you know, you had a coach, you had people to That's bring you several coaches. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Several you're, influences. Yeah. And now you're helping folks get to that level, you know, and you're not going to go do it by yourself. And know? let me give you another key to this. I don't charge for my training. Yeah. I do not charge anybody for my training. Mm-hmm. There's no membership to come there or nothing. No. You've told me that before. Yeah. No, the guys that I trained with that helped me, along my path mm-hmm. told me several times because I was always asking, what do I owe? Mm-hmm. Who do I pay? Yeah. You know, I always felt weird because, yeah. you know, I felt like I owed something. Yeah. I said, Joey, if you ever make it, you give back like we're giving to you. Yeah. Yeah. You pay your dues, pay your dues, bring somebody in, you know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to charge what we're giving you for free. And I never have. Right. That's why I won't do online coaching. Yeah. Because I think it's bullshit. These online coaches are giving the same goddamn template they're giving some guy in Idaho that they're giving you. Yeah, man, and you can't you can't build someone to to, to you know beat a world record online anyway, man. You know no. it doesn't fucking matter. Every bodybuilder, any of those physique guys, they have a coach that stands ten feet from their face. They're with them every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah. You can't you can't do that online, man. I don't give a fuck who mm-hmm. you are, or what your goal is. If you want to, you know, be even at the top fifty percent, you got to have a. a so with that being said, you have the top powerlifting gym for twenty three years in this community, mm-hmm. in this side of Western North Carolina. You don't have to pay a dollar, mm-hmm. and you see what we do year after year after year after year. Yeah. 
you would think that, you know, man, you should have people knocking your door down. Absolutely. Blowing the fucking truck through the door. People in this area, almost half of my gym are from out of town Mm -hmm. or have moved here. Mm -hmm. For the gym. For the gym. Yep. So... I don't know what it is. I would love to have new blood. If someone were interested in, they, you know, you can see they got the heart. They want they want to team up with you. They want to set world records. How do they get a hold of you? Well, I'm on Instagram, Nebo Barbell. Mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook as Joey Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, Just shoot you a DM on one of those. Yeah, shoot me a DM on one of those. You know, if you're serious, you know, don't message me and ask me a bunch of. The, don't wait. What, what's the question that everybody asks me, Melissa? If that's your first goddamn question, I'm deleting it. You can't afford it. If that's if that's your first question, you can't afford it. I can't. It doesn't matter how much fucking money you got. I'm like, if that's all you're fucking concerned about, yeah. really? Yeah. You want to know how much this costs? Yeah. You can't buy your way to a, a world. Company, no. You know. It, what it costs you is not a financial amount. Yeah, exactly. That's what you know, yeah, that's exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. I, I've gotten hundreds of those yeah. from a lot of people here locally, mm-hmm. and I'll delete the message or I won't even answer. Yeah, don't waste my fucking time. I'm just like, really? That's your first fucking question? Yeah. How much does it cost? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I think there's probably people out there, man, that's going to listen to you. You know what I mean? And they're going to yeah. think, dude, I want to be Joey. I want to set that world record, you know? And I need. I want them to be better than Joey. Yeah, I know. I know. You I do. want them to be better than Joey. I know you do. But those people need to hear you. You know what I mean? And that's how you're going to attract it. You're not going to attract it, you know, by just being around here. You know, like you yeah. said, everyone's traveling here that's setting these records and stuff. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you've got to build that brand and get global. You know what I mean? People yeah. got to be able to hear about you. And, and then I think you will attract some folks who really have the heart that want it. You know? Well, we're all always looking we're always paying attention you know the door's always open but you must realize when when you come you came to talk to me i did not ask you to come Mm -hmm. so you have to understand and i preach this to people this is not a democracy in here Mm -hmm. it's a dictatorship that's right and if you don't like it you can walk out that fucking door because i didn't ask you to come in the first place that's exactly right yeah so and that's the attitude that you're gonna have to have man you know this isn't when you got the nose to the grindstone dude it's you know their feelings are gonna get hurt yeah you know what i mean uh and that's what it takes my team's trying to be the best our gym is trying to be the best and i expect the best and you expect if you and your team who are obviously putting in the utmost hard work possible, you know, who I don't want no one around me that ain't fucking striving. You know what no. I mean? Especially when I'm in there busting my fucking balls. You're not going to be just dragging ass beside me. It's like man. with you out here, John, you need like minded individuals around mm-hmm. you. You need to hire to your capacity. Yep. Because if you're not going to get that, then you're never going to achieve shit. You yep. got to have people that are focused like you that <clears throat> want to be the best uh, at really at anything, at anything, whatever it is, because you, you do a whole yeah. bunch of shit. Yeah, <laughs> <that's right>. yeah. <laughs> we just lift heavy weights, but you do a whole <laughs> lot of shit. So you know, yeah, <laughs> and and you know, I mean, I know I've said it four fucking times already, dude. But you're only as good as the people you're around. You know what I mean? And, yes, and, and you can be amazing and bring a shit bag around you, dude, and it's gonna pull you back. It's an anchor, you know. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Is not only do they recognize like new people of, Hey man, maybe I should or shouldn't have this person around me, but dude, there's a lot of people that they've had in their entire life. Yep. That's still an anchor that they're still dragging with them, man. And dude, yep. it's one of the hardest things to do in life, man. But dude, if you want to continue excelling, if you want to continue moving forward, dude, sometimes you got to cut them people off, you know? Yep. So, and, and, and it's, it's a motherfucker, man. You it know, is it's a mental game, dude. But 
you can't drag an anchor forever. Misery loves company. Bro. That's right. That's Misery right. loves company. And if people that don't want to work hard or achieve things and want to sit back and bitch and complain and just be that person, if you're around that all the time, your mindset, unfortunately, is going to turn to that. It will, man. And I've watched it just as you have with people, friends, family members and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that negative I do not want negativity in my gym. Yeah. I do not want drama in my gym. Mm-hmm. I don't want it in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want it in my work world. Right. If you're not on the level that I'm at, then you need to get the fuck out of my circle. Cause yeah, my man. circle's tight. Real tight. It's very tight. The people that are around me are centered mentally like I am. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. not as bad, but Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think we're I have O C D like like the worst yeah. fucking person on the planet. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So but that's what it takes to be driven, man. Uh, so if folks want to go and find you on Instagram, it's Nebo Barbell, all yep. one word. Nebo right? Barbell, yep, with my ugly mug on it. That's right. And yep. on uh, Facebook? Joey Smith. Anywhere else they can find you at? Uh, I am on Snapchat, but I, that, that's your generation of shit where yeah. I don't really converse with people on it. I just use it as a forum to post yeah, yeah. videos and of course my business and stuff like that. But it's Nebo Barbell on Snapchat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a dedicated Nebo Barbell Facebook and Instagram page. Mm-hmm. So where we post all of our videos and shit about the gym and stuff like that. So, I mean, Nebo Barbell, there's only one of us in the whole world. That's right. So let me give you this real quick. When that guy said that at, that I met back in Winston, he said, where the hell is Nebo? Mm-hmm. They made so much fun of that for years that they made a T-shirt for me that they made me wear to meets. <laughs> it's no shit. I still have it. It says, where the hell is Nebo? And then it's got the state of North Carolina on the back. With a pin on it? A little pin on it. <laughs> says he's here. <laughs> Well, dude, you might be putting it on the map, man. You know, yeah. we can build this brand. Well, hell, you're a Nebo here. too, brother. That's right. Yeah, we're yeah. right here together. Yeah, we're man. right here to you fucking know? gather. Yeah, we're gonna fucking do this thing together. Yeah, put this little town on the map, man. You know, and John, hell, you're in the goddamn New York Times, brother. Just, <laughs> I saw that shit on Facebook, and I was like, God damn. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, just takes a little bit of hustle, man. And that's the thing that you know, I think that's why you and I have so many haters, man. You know, is yeah. because there's so many folks who are. In the same exact community, in the same room, given the same opportunity. And then when they see you do a little bit more with it, mm. you know, they're like, ah, oh, can't stand it. Yeah. You know, and, but dude, we started in the same spot, you know yep. what I'm saying? You know, At the bottom, you had a shovel in your hand and I had Sears Robot Con. That's right. Place. That's exactly right, man. Yep. Started at the bottom and we still got most of it, you know? Yep. <laughs> <sighs> Um, well, dude, we're gonna have to do a part two, man, because uh, there's there's a bunch of shit that I wanted to talk about that we ain't even broken into, man. Yep. You know that you're 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 because your career is so driven, everything else around you is so driven. You know, yep. I want to talk about business and all this other shit. You know what I mean? Because you have a certain mindset that we've got to talk about today on what those accolades are. But that's you also have other elements of your life that yep. that is also pulled into. You know. Yep. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate y'all watching. Stay tuned for part two with Joey Smith.